Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Hey, and welcome to our great news podcast where we like to focus on uh, all of the stories where people are doing good things for others. And uh, and we don't really focus much on the bad stories that uh, seem to be on repeat on television nonstop. And it's basically just a way to inject a little hope into your life on Mondays and Thursdays when our podcast comes out. And that's what Kevin and I like to do constantly is inject positive things into people. That is... <laughs> Uh, that's I could have said that better. Ow! It's possible I could have said Instant that. Instant karma. <clears throat> yeah, right? All right, time for <clears throat> an intro. Uh, any uh, requests? Uh, any requests? Wow. Uh, Fred Schneider? <clears throat> Love Shack, baby! Love Shack. <clears throat> intro! The show's about to begin, bro! Say hello to the happy, goodbye to the blues. Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Just so that you have it in your head, we're going with Slayer at the end. So Slayer? Slayer, yeah. I got to get the outro. I got to get the outro. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Uh, My first story is, for the longest time, getting a tattoo has been something where people who are... um, you know, it's looked down on by older people. It's gotten much, much, much better. But for a long time, if you had one tattoo showing on your arm, you'd get passed over for a job because that's not the, you're bad, you're the bad element. And that's the kind of person they don't want to have working there. They have since m- most places realized that that's uh, Neanderthal thinking, but, and so it's not quite so bad anymore. Um, I was talking to um, Travis Barker, who you may know as a drummer from, drummer from uh, Blink-182, and he's been And now, all- by the way, now the drummer and producer on all successful rock songs. Yes, agreed. If you agreed. go to Spotify or anywhere on the charts and you see a pop punk song that is selling well, he yes. is either playing drums, mm-hmm. produced it, or did both on it. He, the reason I bring him up with this tattoo story is because he he says that he got so many tattoos that he wouldn't have any option to actually get a real job. Like people would look at him and say, no. And that's what he wanted because he wanted to force himself to get into the music business and play drums. And so, um, but the, I think the views are start on tattoos are starting to open up a little bit and be a little bit more open-minded. And this is the, I'm about to bring you a, a newscaster who has been a long time newscaster from New Zealand and she has a face tattoo. This, now, is, this a, is New Zealand though. Is this the, like the Maori? Oh, it is. That's awesome. Look at that tattoo she has on her face. And that then listen, really listen cool. to this story and what it means to her and what it's all about. 
A recent spate of drownings across the country. A New Zealand woman made history on Christmas Day, becoming the first person with a Maori face tattoo to anchor a primetime newscast. A remarkable act of generosity. Orini Kaipara has been a journalist for almost 20 years, focusing on issues of the country's indigenous Maori people. In 2019, she chose to get a Mokokowai, a traditional face tattoo for Maori women. That's when she became the first person with such a tattoo to anchor a mainstream television program. Tamoko is a practice that started to disappear after the colonization of New Zealand in the 1800s. But since the 1980s, there have been initiatives to revive the Maori culture. The tattoos are very personal and represent a person's identity, heritage, and social status. Kaipara has said that she is committed to restoring Maori traditions and preserving the language. She says having a presence on mainstream media is not only groundbreaking for her culture, but for all people of color. For Inside Edition Digital, I'm Mara Montalbano. Look at her. Look That's at awesome. her get, getting that tattoo and being proud of it and saying, this is who I am. This is These are my people. And I'm going to give you the news like I have been, but this is just part of me now. I love that. Absolutely amazing and uh, huge, huge cultural ties and traditional ties. That's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful story um, for something that might, from an outsider's point of view, seem so simple. Right. But uh, I will... I don't know how it is in New Zealand, but I will tell you firsthand, you pointed out that people's perception of tattoos and the kind of stigma around it has greatly decreased. Yes. One area where that is not the case is broadcast news. Correct. That is no, the that's most, true. I mean, like the true. most kind of adherent to traditional ideas yes. where everyone has to give off the vibe of being completely unthreatening. There can't be any type of uh, reckless behavior at all. And so for her to do that, you know, it's not like she's a, uh, She's not like an MMA reporter. I mean, she's on broadcast news. That is really, really an amazing um, achievement and a step. And I think a, a very positive cultural thing. I think so as well. Awesome. Uh, my next story, Kevin, Kev Dog, is mm-hmm. uh, I forgot, so I'm going to check. Um, oh, check, check, check this out. So I have to, I have to give uh, a bit of a, a caveat here. I have a friend who is very powerful, very successful in the entertainment industry not in front thank of the you. camera thank you thank you very much yeah well i'm talking about kevin Ryder. um <laughs> not in front of the camera but uh in in kind of behind the scenes i don't want to give too much away but she is or he whoops is um <laughs> you're really good at this is, so far is close with uh mark anthony and yeah. by all accounts is regardless of what you think of the man's music that he is just a genuinely really 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 nice very um moral likable person and um i came across this video that i thought was extraordinary for so many reasons one mark anthony's behavior but another is just how this plays out it seems far too good to be true things like this never work out this well i want you to watch this story check it out this 95 year old is about to have her bucket list fulfilled the biggest idol notices her in the audience she's at a mark anthony show she has made a sign Ninety-five years old. 
survived Hurricane Maria, I've heard survived him. COVID, and wants to dance with me. Okay, I love that. So, here's the backstory, and I'll read it for you guys. Two weeks prior, Fella's granddaughter, Linda, surprised her with tickets to see Mark Anthony. Now, this woman's 95 years old. <laughs> Knowing how much she loves Mark Anthony, they prepared a sign. And it was to kind of inform people that not only did 95-year-old fella survive COVID, but she survived Hurricane Maria. So she's had a quite, quite an extraordinary life. So Mark Anthony on stage notices the sign. Mark Anthony says, your dream is to, to dance with me? Let's go. He says to the band, play a little something. Here comes 95-year-old fella on stage. The entire arena is just going nuts. This 95-year-old woman hesitates zero seconds when Mark Anthony calls her on stage, and she just hustles her way up there. Now, look, she's got gray hair, and but she does not look to be 95. The way she moves, her posture. No, I agree. I agree. So he gives her a huge kiss and a hug, and he tells her, you know, I guess encouraging things. Her daughter is just crying beyond belief. The granddaughter, the same thing. So Mark, Mark Anthony takes her by the hand, walks Mark her to the front of the stage. Mark looks a little handsy, but go ahead. <laughs> He's a Latin man. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a bit nervous, but boom! Now watch her break into this! Come on! That is amazing. Look at her! Look, there's like 30,000 people watching her, and she does not hesitate one second. I love her. Mark later signed the bucket list sign. Gave her his number. <laughs> it's been laminated for safekeeping. Wow. She's come overcome a lot in her lifetime, her granddaughter says. And she deserved this special moment. So, there you go. Props to Mark Anthony. Props to 95-year-old fella. Look at that. She says she looks forward to dancing with Mark again when she turns 100. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have goals. That's important. That is amazing. You know, like I said, a lot of celebrities uh, do that, do these kind of amazing things like make someone's dream come true or invite them on stage. It never goes that good. No. She, that was awesome. Yeah. And she knows how to dance exactly how they were dancing. Yeah, it was And she was into it and the the crowd disappeared. Made no difference to her. I love that. I if love you're that. not if you're not a professional entertainer and that's accustomed to that kind of stuff, you may think you would react one way, but getting on that stage with that that was an arena. That was 35,000 people. Getting on that stage in that moment Trust me, what Fela did was extraordinary. That was awesome. Yeah, agreed. I love that. Uh, do you remember NFL star Warwick Dunn? Yeah, of course. Remember his name? He, in 1997, he signed a multi-million dollar contract to play professional football with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he had a coach at that time named Tony Dungy who encouraged him as a rookie, you need to find some way to give back. You have this big contract, you deserve it, congratulations, but you also need to find a way to get back. And he remembered that 
his entire life. And he started a program called Homes for the Holidays. Watch this video and see what this amazing player has done. I just remember sitting in a locker room with Coach Dungey, just listening to him, just talk to all of the rookies about, you guys want to get involved and give back and, and those things. Then it just came up my mom. She's working off duty, guys ambushed her. And they just opened fire on a police car. My mom lost her life. I just knew from that moment that I couldn't worry about myself. I needed to worry about my brothers and sisters. And I bought our first home when I was 18 years old. And I wanted to make sure that since my mom wasn't able to give us that when on this earth, I wanted to take you know the money from the insurance policy and, and actually you know give her kids something that she wanted to give them. She was never able to realize her dream of home ownership. I just saw the way that she, you know, just cared about people and how she wanted her community to be better. Homes for Holidays is where we go and we assist a single parent family who's become a first time homeowner. So far, over the last 21 years, 177 single parent families. We have given $5,000 oh down payment and we fully furnished their homes with food, furniture, linens, going to TVs, computers, all the way down to the toothbrush. First, we were just focused on really just helping families get into homes. The more I really learned, we wanted to get on the business of giving people potential to break their cycle of poverty. And with that is financial literacy, health and wellness, education attainment, and workforce development and entrepreneurship. It set the foundation for me up until that point, survival was my thinking process. We're actually now going to get into building. So we never built before. Everyone thought we were builders and those things. And we've always partnered with a Habitat for Advantage or CDC. Now we're actually getting to building only affordable housing for families. But the goal is I hope we can go out of business. And when I say that, it's no one else needs. Clearly he's, clearly he's going to finish by saying he wants to not have a homeless problem. Right. So that's why he wants to go out of business because nobody else needs his help. But that's, that's amazing. I don't want to say most of the time. I don't know this. It seems like a lot of times athletes lend their names to charities and don't really know much about the nuts and bolts and exactly what's going on. That guy worked on really, really understood what was happening, how many houses they'd given, a lot of the different uh, furniture and different things that they were stocking the houses with down to a toothbrush. He was involved in every part of it. And now he's going to start building houses, I, which I, um, is amazing. I can't believe that. That is so extraordinary. And he deserves so much credit. I, I don't remember. I, I probably shouldn't even think to quote it because I can't recall. It was either Rich Dad, Poor Dad or some economic book that I read and that detailed how greatly home ownership contributes to generational poverty and the cycle of what in this country uh, perpetuates, you know, people being either poor or not uh, ascending social circles. And uh, so that's just that's just freaking amazing, man. We is there is a, there is a uh, Harvard study, Harvard University did a study in the state of the nation's housing report that says one in seven households, one in seven um, are severely cost burdened. So these are the people that have houses. One in seven of them are right on the edge and having a very difficult time paying the bills and the upkeep and everything else that comes with a house. So that is an amazingly high number. And 
you got to give him credit for for trying to bring that number down in every way he can. That's Much amazing. Props. Much props to work done. That is that is amazing. All right, Kevin. Dog story, obligatory dog story. This Love is it. not normal dog story we do here on Great News, where I just show you some dog being cute or farting or farting. Yes. Well, right. nothing will ever beat the fat bulldog that farted himself onto the couch. But this is launched launched himself onto the couch with jet propulsion. <laughs> this is still pretty awesome. So this is an older guy, and he's had some health problems. And um, earlier in 2021. He lost his Doberman that he had had for a long time, and it was devastating to him. It was his his best friend, and as I said, he had had health problems where his mobility was compromised, so his dog really, really meant a lot to him. And this is not uh, anywhere near as extraordinary as far as what it does for society, um, like the Warwick Dunn story, but these little simple things where you see a family come together to make a man happy it's uh I, this one was a quite a tearjerker for me now their delivery could have been a little bit more concise but i encourage you watch this and uh and enjoy you know the night at the museum how everything comes to life at night yeah isn't that based off a true story this dad is about to get a special gift so they give him a give him a wrapped box he says name my birthday They prepared a surprise for him. He's opening up the gift. He previously owned a beautiful Rottweiler, which had passed away. So it's just a box, and he's like, well, what is this? They say, turn it over, and it says, it's a card that says, read me. Hi, I'm so excited to finally meet you. I've been waiting So excited to finally meet you. I've been waiting a really long time. My name is Blade. I can't wait to be your shotgun writer. Your best friend and forever companion. Merry Christmas, Dad. Love Blade and Kenny Bug. So he opens up this gift after reading that card. And it's a stuffed animal of a little baby Rottweiler. And he's thinking, okay, still, that's cute. You know, it reminds me of my doggy and it's going to be my shotgun writer. And hey, awesome. he said, I love it. He said, I love it. Now his daughter says, do you believe toys can come to life and the little boy his grandson says like night at the museum when everything comes to life he said that's based on a true story you didn't know that and he, the dad's now confused he's like what the what do you mean based on a true story and here comes the real puppy that looks just like the stuffed animal and watches reaction Immediate tears, like a fountain. <laughs> Burst into happy tears. Oh, that's a cute dog. He really is. So they've been planning this for the last several months. Everyone in the room starts crying. This is his first time away from his family, so she just picked him up. Do you have any idea how hard it you'll is never to see, keep a secret? <laughs> <laughs> you'll never see a grown man react like that to a cat. That's true. I can't 
That's not the point of this uh, podcast, but that's very true. You have one for your truck and one for your shack. Dax, watch out, bud. You did a good job. I told you I would keep the secret, the little kid said. (laughs) Which you know was total luck. Impossible, probably, for him. Although, although the man doesn't seem incredibly sharp because the person was holding that tongue, like, 12 inches behind him for the entire setup. Yeah, or that is the world's most silent puppy. Because I was thinking the same thing when I first saw the video. I was like, God, can't you just hear like, you know, like little puppy noises? (laughs) That's very sweet. And you started out by saying this is not something that changes the world in a big way, like the Warwick Dunn story where he's helping people get into houses. But I would like to suggest that if you do something for that, like that for somebody, he's going to have a desire to do something for someone else. That's the whole key to this. So he starts crying. He has a dog and he thinks, okay, I need to pay this forward somehow. That's a natural reaction for people who are overwhelmed by goodness. They want to share that goodness. So you don't know the ripple effect that that will have, you know, getting this guy, this one guy, making this one guy happy might very well turn into making a lot of people happy just yeah, because you know unless someone's a, a, a sociopath that kind of love being expressed towards you is going to motivate you it's going to inspire yep. you to just naturally go and, and and give that love back to the world so i i think that's a very good point not to put too fine a point on it but you don't see that with the cats not so, never that's not what the story is about i understand and um i know a lot of you love cats but you're wrong and um they're awful there, listen, so, I will push back a little. Okay. I'm not saying cats are bad in any way. I just oh, wait, think... Oh, oh, oh. Wait. I am. Okay. <laughs> I'm <laughs> saying that cat, cats are not bad by any stretch. They're nice. Right. They're, they're, they're beautiful. Awful. They're certainly mm-hmm. intelligent. Hey, they hate but you. But the idea of even having them in the same category as dogs right. is preposterous. It's, right. it's preposterous. Monkeys are very smart. Okay, like for animal, but even putting them in the same category as humans, and it, when it comes to right. intellect, is it's preposterous. And the Agreed. same thing goes for cuteness and amazingness of dogs and cats. Thank you. There, I will. I do have to say, in all honesty, I do love one cat, and it's my daughter's cat, and she had it, and it has made my daughter incredibly happy. Right. So I've made an exception, but there's a nightly conversation where she goes, "See, Dad, you like cats," and I go, "Nope, yeah. I like your cat." The cat that you have that makes you happy, I love your cat. All other cats can suck. All other cats, straight to Manny Pacquiao's dad. (laughs) (laughs) That was an inside joke for you and me. (laughs) Um, It's not good for all the other cats, just for the record. (laughs) That that inside story does not end well for cats. All right. (laughs) I have never been a delivery person. Have you? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, um, not like a, a UPS or mail service delivery, but I did um, drive around Southern California back before smartphones delivering car parts. Okay, all right. Well, imagine the life of an Amazon, you know, delivery person. Yeah, it's, imagine that's, that's rough. That's a lot of. There's a lot of numbers, and that's yes. a lot of driving and a lot of delivery, and yeah. And I would think that you would be under constant pressure to keep things moving, go as fast as you can. 
I would get fired because I would just take those boxes and just just throw them at the house and keep yeah. rolling. And that's probably not the best way to do it. But there is an Amazon drive, driver, a delivery driver, who was in Oregon. And he came up to a house and they had just had a windstorm. And yeah. all of the decorations for Christmas were all over the place because the wind had just destroyed it. And watch how he handles this. Miriam Sierra was expecting her Amazon package to be delivered as usual, but she got much more than she ordered. I look at the video and I'm watching him walk up and I look at my stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, like literally everything is in disarray. I have trees down, I've got stuff flying all over and he's looking around just like, oh my gosh, you know, like steps everywhere and it's literally blocking the front door. And that's when the delivery man started putting everything back in its place, a windstorm had knocked over. One by one, strategically placing it nicely back in their little spots and you know, making sure it was standing up. It was just the sweetest thing I've ever seen. Sierra tells me she reached out to Amazon so that the man who went above and beyond a standard delivery could be recognized. If he is watching this, what do you want to say to him? Um, I just want to say thank you so much. You went above and beyond and I really appreciated it. If I could have seen you out there doing it, I would have went out probably give you a hug or, you know, I wish I could at least give you something like a bottle of wine or something. I um, just really appreciated it. It was super, super nice. An Amazon angel delivering more than just packages. He even at the end of the video, like looks up at my camera because he sees it and he waves. So I thought that was really nice. Um, you know, I wish there were more people like that that would do those types of things. All right. Question number one, has he met her and is he hitting on her? Because I know that's the smile you have on your face. Well, yes. she said, I, I wish I, I could, if I would have seen you, I would have given you a hug or given you something. And I'm just in my mind. I'm like, yeah, you bet. It's the holidays, baby. <laughs> I do imagine, however, that later that night when um, they get together and they have a review meeting at Amazon and they go, how did you only get two deliveries done? What's, what's <laughs> happening here? You're already having problems with people, the stuff getting delivered late. What were you doing with your time? I was trying to help this. this you don't understand. Their decorations fell. Jeff Bezos comes in decorations. all weighted out and just smashes him. <laughs> and shoots him in the head and then moves yeah. on to the next one. Uh, next. Bring him in. <laughs> hey, no, honestly, all joking aside, wait. That was his, you could tell, that was his an initial impulse, natural impulse. He's like, oh, this yes. stuff has fallen. Let me. That's who he is. Yes. It's really sweet. It's really sweet, man. And that much props to that dude. Agreed. All right, Kevin. I warned you. You warned me. You are very good at bringing in the stories that make me cry. And then I look like an a-hole. I thought the part. old guy with the puppy was that story. Old, that would make me cry. Oh no! This one's the Widowmaker. This one's bringing this one's bringing the heat. Now, I in pulling, editing, producing this clip, I cried like four times. Um, and I just, I this is, and it's all, it's not just a tear. I didn't just try to grab something super sad or anything. This is just so beautiful. There's just nothing. It's such a extraordinary and and such a unique situation. But the the overall experience here for everyone involved is just magnificent and i want you to watch this uh, i will do some reading of sub subtitles and things but uh, check it out 
this dad is about to hear his daughter's donation. Go, here's your daughter's heart, he says. Now, as man walks up to another stranger, 20-year-old Lamont Jack Jr. suffered a heart attack, 20 years old, and was told he only had a few days left to live. But then he found out that he would receive a donor heart. The heart was donated by Bill's 20-year-old daughter, Abby. Introducing him to his grandfather and his girlfriend and Bill's very, very shaken up. I want you to thank your daughter, they say. Bless your heart. Abby died unexpectedly just five months ago after an accident when she was on a holiday trip in Mexico. Face down unconscious in a swimming pool is how she was found. Ugh, so young. She was declared brain dead by the time rescuers arrived. But she had registered herself at age 16 as an organ donor. And the decision saved this young man's life, Lamont's life. After her passing, Bill will hear the sound of his daughter's heart once again. Lamont has brought a, a stethoscope and he hands him a gift and the stethoscope and he puts the, the things on his ears, the little earpieces, and then puts the piece to his heart. And you could tell that he's just so overwhelmed. Buttons his shirt. He's like, why is he addressing? <laughs> I got something extra special for you. <sighs> and he places this stethoscope to another man, the stranger's heart, and he's listening to his daughter's heart. That's a miracle. Where to put this? I'm there it goes. Absolutely breaks down. I was happy for him and his family, and at the same time, I got to reunite with my daughter. That was Bill's quote. Well, it's working. <laughs> well, it's working, he said. Well, it's working. He's given a recording of the heartbeat as well to keep with him. But he can listen to his daughter's heart whenever he wants. And they just hug each other with like a super tight embrace, working to spread awareness about organ donation. About not being selfish and bearing things that uh, bearing things that could help people live or live better lives. So there you go. I'm crying again. It's like the fifth time I've seen it. Wow. That is, uh, we're both, uh, we're both parents of daughters yeah. and that is, um, wow. Well, and I, like I said, it's one of those stories that it's just, there's so many angles where everything is just so extraordinary. First off, that young man is 20 years old and was, yeah. they're like, you're dead. Uh, so his family's around, they're all in tears because they're like, oh my God, you saved our son's 20 year old son's life the other girl passed away at age 20 which is fucking insane so this dad has to deal with the horror of losing a child like that and then this this part not just any part of a body the heart is passed on to this man and he and he comes and he says please just experience this i know it doesn't bring her back but it's something and uh just all around 
to me. That was a, a beautiful, that uplifting. the most beautiful story ever. That was amazing. Yes. Well done. <laughs> I mean, by the way, is, being, being, being a donor is a very simple thing to do. I, I was just taught by my parents, just don't be selfish. You'd be a donor. That's, you know, if you don't need a body part anymore, help somebody else live. And I always have. And there's a, listen, there's a lot of stuff in my body that doesn't work anymore, but they might find something, you know? I, I, I did think about that. Like, I, I am my liver, super, my liver, I'm a no super clean living dude. I'm a super <laughs> clean living dude. But I spent many years destroying my organs. Like, if I was, a, I am a donor, and like, if something were to happen, would they open me up and they'd be like, well, next? <laughs> I mean, we hate. To... You said that's the most beautiful story in the world. It is. It's up there. Is it as yeah. good as Bulldog farts his way onto a couch? I mean, those are different categories. You can't compare them. That's apples and oranges right there. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, but I would say, yes, it's better. I would say, yes, it's better. Uh, great episode, everyone. But but Please. barely. But barely. Subscribe, like, comment positively, hopefully, uh, and then hit that little bell notification thingy on YouTube. And if, if possible, do Kevin and I a solid and tell a friend or a family member that there is this show that comes out twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays and gives you a little burst of positivity and a reminder that people are good. Also, uh, I'd like to point out that it's basically a half hour, which we do on purpose because I can't keep up with the podcast that I want to keep up with because, you know, they're, an, they're eight and a half hours and it's just not possible to make have that much time. So we try to keep these, we do six stories. We try to keep them short about somewhere around a half hour. And it's just basically a little, uh, it's a shot of hope. A shot of hope. Oh, I forgot. You, you asked for Slayer. I asked for Slayer. So for the outro. Mike and I went to a Slayer concert and I was uh, knocked on my ass in the pit. And that uh, <laughs> was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> I saw somebody in the crowd. I was going to say hi. And I didn't look around in the pit at a Slayer show. So that's all on me. layer well done on that intro except for we're at the part where we needed an outro outro because it's the end <coughs> of the podcast so now take two with slayer and an outro 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 kevin and mike just gave you great news it's outro outro Say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues. It's outro. Outro. The extended version. Now we heard it. All right. Nicely done. Nicely done. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.